everyone in the auditorium this morning, would you please stand and worship with us?
we give a shout of praise this morning to our Savior. Amen.
Welcome to our guests. Please stop by the Welcome Center. We'd love to just give you something by saying thanks for visiting us. So please check out the Welcome Center. And if you're online, let us know you're hanging out with us for the first time. We'd love to get to know you. But at this point, I'm going to welcome Deb Metcalf to the stage. She's got some very special stuff. Can we thank God for Deb? Deb is leading our Operation Christmas Child mission. And Deb, please step on up and share what is going on with Operation Christmas Child. Thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity to share with you today. Um, We have so many things going on in the background, and now we're able to kind of put that cherry on top of the Sunday um, as we get closer to the time when we're going to be packing the boxes and getting them ready to ship to the places that God has in mind for each box to go. So the first thing I want to do is thank you. Thank you so much for your participation. Um, Every time I come up here on campus, I'm seeing changes. And the one big change that I'm seeing is the number of shoe boxes, the piles are going down. And that means boxes are going out. And that is terrific. Um, Just keep in mind that every box represents a gospel opportunity. So it's kind of like you're getting those boxes to to be ready for the mission field. And and there's no thanks. It will ever be enough for that. Um, The other thing I want to thank you for and encourage you to keep doing, please remember this outreach in prayer. Um, Again, there's just so much going on in the background uh, locally and across the country and throughout the world. Thank you so much for your prayers. They make a total difference in, in the success of this outreach. And the other thing I'd like to encourage you to do and thank you for thinking about doing is thinking outside the church, thinking beyond this campus as far as inviting people to take part in this outreach. Um, We've had people in our neighborhood, just as we walk and we talk about, oh, what are you doing, what's new, and blah, 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 we've talked to them about the shoeboxes, and we have had neighbors take shoeboxes from us, and they're bringing them back to our house filled and ready to go. Um, We have reached out to different groups in the community and invited them to participate. Um, The Finleyville Fire Department is taking shoeboxes and packing them this year, so we're really excited about that, and there's more to come uh, before the end of Collection Week. So think think beyond the church. Um, I've had people tell me, you know, I've taken 50 shoeboxes into my workplace, and I'm inviting people to fill them. Um, I've had other people share them with with coworkers. So think about the big picture, and if you invite one more person to do a shoebox, 
that makes an eternal difference. Um, things that we have coming up here on campus that you need to know about. Um, next week, we're getting ready for our third annual packing party, and we're really excited about this. We've had some generous donors uh, give us some things that we, sh- we should have more stuff this year than we've ever had before to fill the shoe boxes with. But there are still some, like, real basic things that we need, and we have tickets on the table out in the lobby. We have tickets on a table downstairs as well. Um, check out those tickets. See if there are some things that you can bring in to donate. We're going to have a pre-packing packing prep party next Saturday here at the church from 5 until 8. We need a lot of hands and a lot of hearts to help with that. Um, on Sunday afternoon from 3 to 5, it's the church-wide packing party. It'll be in the gym. It's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. Just bring your hearts, bring your hands. And this year, we're asking God if he would show us his favor, and we could maybe do 200 shoe boxes from that packing party. So we're going to need a lot of hands to do that. Um, next Sunday is the kickoff for Collection Week here at Crossroads. Please feel free to bring your boxes that Sunday. Bring them anytime the church doors are open. But starting next Sunday, um, we, we will be looking for our people to bring in. And then starting on Monday the 15th, that is the kickoff for National Collection Week when churches all over the country are receiving shoe boxes. We'll have a tent. We'll have a truck set up in the parking lot. National Collection Week runs from the 15th through about noon on Monday the 22nd. Um, at that point, we pack the last shoe box, close the door on the truck, and start those boxes on the first leg of their journey. So thank you all so much. Awesome. Can we, God, we, we just thank God for you, Deb. Listen, there's passion behind this, and Deb's leading the charge. Thank you so much, Deb. We love you. Thank you. Hey, listen, we uh, uh, have our Thanksgiving Eve uh, communion uh, service coming up on 24th of November at 7 p.m. right here in the auditorium. So before you celebrate Thanksgiving with your families the next day, come back, hang out with us. It's a, it's a great night. It's a great night of just Thanksgiving, really. We just celebrate what God is doing through testimony, through communion. Uh, the kids are going to share. We're hoping for some students to share. So listen, it's going to be, it's a great time. I think it's one of the special things we do here at Crossroads. So come on out on Thanksgiving Eve at 7 p.m. And then listen, Ernie Haas is coming. Ernie Haas is coming on December 2nd and 3rd. So you've got Ernie Haas and his group is the Signature Sound. And then after each of those nights, come over into the gym for Signature Desserts, signature sound, and then signature desserts. So come on out. Uh, Alicia will be in the lobby selling tickets. If you would like to grab those as well, you can do those online. Use the code CRSMIN, and it will give you a 50% discount on those. But this is a great opportunity for outreach. So invite someone to join you. Invite your neighbor. Invite someone you know. But it's going to be a great time. Listen, I've seen them twice. They're phenomenal live. Like, they really are. They're a great time. And then uh, if you pull out the, uh, the, in your bulletin, there's the birthday gift, the Jesus list, and just continue just to pray about your part. You know, if you have kids, talk to your kids about this. If, you know, your spouse, talk to your spouse, you know, in your own uh, devotional time, just start asking God about how, what's my part? What part will we play in the birthday gift of Jesus? Our goal this year is 100000 so we're looking forward to what God's going to do as all the money comes in, and we just continue to send it out to local, national, international missionaries and groups. We're just looking forward to what God is going to do. So pray about your part. One of the groups on here is called the Timothy Initiative, and Timothy Initiative plants churches all over, specifically in Nepal. And so Pastor Ken is away uh, this weekend. Him and Rhonda are away at a conference with the Timothy Initiative talking about planting 15 churches 
from Crossroads in Nepal. That's exciting. Can we thank God for that opportunity that we're going to plant 15 churches? So listen, Pastor Jim's going to share a little bit more about what Kenny's been learning because as Kenny learns things anywhere he is, he's sending us text messages and pictures. And Kenny, if you're watching, we love you. We miss you, but we know uh, you're going to come back with uh, with the charge, right, Jim? So he's going to come back. So please uh, just pray about your part um, at the birthday gift of Jesus, but specifically with the Timothy Initiative, Ken is away. And so uh, we've asked uh, Pastor Jim Watts to speak uh, this morning. So you're in for a treat. Um, but listen, I just want us all to just be in, in prayer as we look at the birthday gift of Jesus and begin to make Jesus the most we give our um, this Christmas. You know, Jesus being the top of our Christmas list. So just be praying about your part and how you can be a part of the birthday gift of Jesus. Well, guys, we're thanking God for what he's doing here, and we're looking forward to what he's going to teach us this morning. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for this morning, for the time we have just to sing, to, to just talk about what's happening, to hear things from the Operation Christmas shoebox uh, mission that's happening, Lord, to Thanksgiving Eve, to concerts, all this. God, all these things together, all we want to do is we want to glorify you. We just want to bring praise to your name. We want to make the name of Jesus famous. And so, Lord, as we do all these things and hang out together and bring people, God, you're doing a work and help us to never lose sight of that. Lord, thank you for the gospel. Thank you for Jesus Christ. In his awesome name we all pray. Amen. that never fails will not fail me now you won't fail me now in the waiting the same God who's never laid is working all things out you're working all things out yes I
Hey, so glad to uh, so glad to be with you this morning. Uh, it's a wonderful day, uh, and uh, boy, you know, I I really appreciate uh, Kyle and the worship team. They they do a great job. I, I'm not a music guy. I don't, I don't understand all that stuff, but that, that's hard to do for me. And so I, I I can't appreciate them enough. Thank God for those guys. And the songs are, you know, I do read the words a lot and try to see what's really you know scriptural. Those are really good songs. You know, they really are. Uh, you do that when you get old, you know. Okay, I, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to speak to you about how do people deal with their own sinfulness as a believer. I was watching a, a message by um, John Piper. He's a pastor in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and so uh, I'm uh, stealing his stuff here. But it helped me, and I hope it helps you. Uh, before we get going here, you know, Kenny and Rhonda are down in Florida. Thank God they get a little break. Uh, it's a Timothy initiative, and he's been sending me texts uh, about these churches that are going to start. You know, Kenny's an evangelist at heart, pure evangelist. And he, I, I tell you what, we're going to have to tie him down. These, these new churches are going to be, he's going to be really fired up. When he comes back, watch out. So I, I, uh, he's sending me what's going on in, in those countries and how many people are coming to Christ, how many are being uh, baptized, how many are uh, being discipled. And I, I know he's just losing his mind with joy. So, uh uh, we thank God for Ken and Rhonda. He's been working hard lately. I mean, he's done, I think the last three weeks he's had weddings, funerals. The guy don't stop, man. He's unbelievable. Uh, he was in my youth group in seventh grade. I never thought he'd be able to do all that stuff. But he, he's an amazing kid. We, we thank God for him and his wife and, and of course, the, the, the new additions to his family, huh? Uh, let's see here. Uh, you know, uh, this whole thing with the Christian... Chris, Operation Christmas Child is really good. I want to just encourage you to do that. I know my grandkids come down. They were filling the boxes with Debbie. They really had a great time. That's a wonderful chance to give the gospel out. And uh, we thank God that you're involved. Uh, this trunk and treat, I wanted to encourage everybody and thank you. Last week, I think there were six or 700 kids. And I think around 1,500 people total or more. And that's unbelievable. And... Uh, as as uh, I see all these guys doing the work and everybody here and everybody participating, I just want to thank you. That is really awesome. Thank you so much. Last night, Luke, uh, Pastor Luke and a whole bunch of leaders took out, I think, 45 kids all uh, Friday night. All night. Can you imagine that? That's that's crazy. Uh, I, I used to do that stuff, you know. And, uh, I, and now when they say the word, I, I go in the fetal position, you know. Hey, I remember, I think Phil's here and uh, uh, his buddy Ronnie. I think when I started to see it was time for me to think about other things, uh, we had a snow camp. You go away in in the winter and, you you know, you do things in the snow, ski, whatever. And uh, I remember someone came to me. I was trying to go to sleep and they said, you know, the boys are on the roof. And and I knew, I'm a control freak, and I'm like, I think I think it's time for me to move on. You know, that's a that's a true story. And uh, 
But uh, thank God for uh, those kids. I had five grandkids come down, so I really appreciate. Uh, I've been going up to them and thanking them. You know, when my kids could come to something, they could have a lot of fun and hear the gospel and, and be with Christian kids. So that, that was really cool. Well, uh, let me start off by saying I grew up in the Mon Valley. Uh, I went to a Bible-believing church, and it taught salvation. And that was a really good, uh, uh, you know, they taught the Bible to the young people. And it, it, it's amazing how it's so important to do that. And uh, but as time went on, uh, you, you know, the, uh, the hippie movement came in and uh, the Woodstock deal. And it, it started to get where uh, it was getting scary for the parents. You know, what's going on here? You know, and so the church started to clamp down on some do's and don'ts, you know. And as I went to college, it even got a little worse. And so th- there was a period of... Uh, I think what happened, and, and it's not nobody's evil. We're just the church goes through cycles. You learn, and, and they went through a cycle where they were. I think they were trying to uh, create a uh, to help you become a Christian more by this following rules and and how you what you do instead of following Christ. Now they didn't mean to. We all grew. We grew together and grew out of that. But but that. The result of that was it, the inability to deal with sin. It resulted in many, I think, of the kids my age just giving up the Christian fight. And so today I want to talk about how do you deal with your sinfulness as a believer. So let's move up to today. Now we have uh, uh, Crossroads Ministries, and Kenny, Kenny really uh, tells us every week our mission is to bring people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. That's a, Oh, I love that. And so I'm going to throw out some verses here. And uh, salvation is Crossroads' core foundation. And John 3.16 says, For this is how God so loved the world, he gave his only Son, uh, and so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Now, John 17, 3, now I use this a lot when I'm, uh, when I'm speaking to people, especially at funerals. And this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. So really, the only way to know, have eternal life is to know Christ. You know, it's not going to church. It's not finances. It's not what you do in the church. It's really important. It's to know Christ. Now, that's kind of hard. And today... You know, I forgot to say, I'm going to pick on the guys today. You see, you know, uh, I, tell, I told Pastor John when I got hired, one thing I won't do is speak. And so somehow they conned me into this. But I told, I told Kenny, I said, well, I'll, I'll speak, but I'm going to be tough on the guys, all right? So today I'm tough on the guys. Not too tough, but tough. And so th- this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. Now, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, everybody knows this. God saved you by his grace when you believe, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift of God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. Now, and I like this last part here. He has created us anew in Christ. Now, Here's what I'm trying to get across to the guys especially. It's for everybody, but especially the guys. Okay, we know that Christ died on the cross, and he bore our sins. And he paid the price that God required when he died on that cross. He came out of the tomb, and he conquered death. So all God, the Father, says, if you, I will give you eternal life if you put your trust in what he did on the cross. That's a beautiful thing, man. It's a beautiful thing. 
And I think people understand that if you come to our church. Now, the second thing that's, that I really like even, I don't know, I say more importantly, I don't know if that's true, but more importantly is how do you live after you come to Christ? That's, that's, the, that's the tough thing. How do you do that? And so here's the thing I, I hope I can get across to you. First of all, that verse says he has created us anew in Christ. When you accept Christ, okay, if you, if you let Christ come into your life or you believe, you believe. Remember, Jesus talks a lot about believing. I used to think, you know, why does he say that? But the older I get, I understand that. He's saying, my son died on the cross and got butchered for you. And he came out of that grave. I just ask you to believe that. Can you stand? Can you believe when you stand before God and, and, <laughs> and you say, uh-uh, I didn't believe that? That's scary to me. And I, I try to tell men that, oh, you're going to say no to that. You're not going to read the Word, learn about the Bible, and you're going to stand before Almighty God, and you're going to say, no. Hmm. Okay. Another core, a core foundation is this. It, it crossroads. A living, growing relationship with the one, and I'm going to add this to it, who holds the keys to hell. Now, this is not, salvation is not an inoculation. You say, oh, I got saved, you know. And, and, and it's like, now this thing is serious, man. Uh, this thing is uh, where you, you see what Christ did on the cross. You say, I will quit trusting in me, and I will trust, I'll return. I will trust in what Jesus did on the cross. And then, when you trust him for salvation, then you trust him for your life. Now, I think guys have struggled with that. We all do. So we trust in him we, for salvation. We walk with him. We talk with him. We hope in him. Now, I'm going to read a, a, a tough verse here. Now, well, let me read it first. Matthew seven twenty one through 23. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On Judgment Day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we have prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, Perform many miracles in your name, but I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you, you who break God's laws. Now, that's scary. Now, now we're not trying to scare anybody uh, away. If you've given your life to Christ, you're secure. There's no doubt about that. We're not talking about, uh, we believe in eternal security. We do not believe you lose your salvation, all right? All this I'm trying to get across to guys are that salvation is serious. This is, no, this is not no flip of thing. Uh, this is not a flip of the thing. It's, 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 it, and my, my challenge to men is, you should be a little awakened by this. Uh, men's top priority is to lead their family to Christ. Their second priority is to model how to walk with Christ. And uh, there's nothing out there. I love, I love, I love power, you know. I love it with the sports. I love it. And I was in the mill. I worked uh, in uh, Babcock Mill. I love to see powerful men. I love to see power and all kind of things. But I am so excited. The almighty power is in Jesus Christ. Now, I try to challenge that sometimes in my attitude. You know, when I wrestled in high school, I thought I was powerful. Until I get my brains beat out half the time. But, but men, this is hard for men. If you believe that Jesus Christ died for you and you gave, he gave his life for you and you trust him for salvation, I'm challenging you, get in the fight 
to follow him throughout your life. It is the most powerful thing. In fact, I'm reading books. I'm trying to help my grandkids that backs up the truth that the Bible is the word of God, not just to say it. But facts. And they're all over. I mean, I'm, I wish I had time to share with you. Because I don't want my kids to go unarmed. I, when, I'm with, when the teachers in school say, it's like, uh-uh. I got, to me, I, I got something to say. Uh, and and, I, and the, my grandkids are less smarter than me. So they'll do it better than me. Uh, but the problem is this. Sin is, is prevalent. We all know that. In fact, when I used to visit a lot in houses, you can't do that now. But Pastor John and I and our staff, we would visit. And I never had one man say to me, yeah, I'm not a sinner. You know, every guy admits I'm a sinner. In fact, Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. First uh, John 1.10 says, if we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his words have no place in our hearts. So. How do people deal with their own sinfulness as a believer? Okay, I'm going to give two scenarios. One is, you kind of lose vigilance. You, 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 you quit fighting. Uh, you slip into a lukewarmness. Uh, this is not that you're a bad person. We all do this. We almost like, ah, things aren't going right for you. You know what I mean? And let me say this. 1 John 3, 9 says, don't, or excuse me, those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning. Because God is li- God's life is in them, so they can't keep on sinning because they are children of God. Excuse me. So what I'm trying to tell you is this. God awakens us. When you accept Christ, his Holy Spirit lives within you. He's with you. In fact, I like to look at it this way, that, that I got my arm around, just in my head, uh, my arms around the Holy Spirit now, or his arms around me. I read a story about a wrestler who did that. He'd walk on a mat like this. And then they're like, what's wrong with you, man? He says, I'm just practicing the presence of God. And I, I like that. If I have to do anything where I'm scared to death, that's what I do in my head. And I'm doing it right now, by the way. And so uh, it, 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 is, it is so cool. Uh, and so what happens, we lose the vigilance to fight to know God. If you've got struggles in your life, we all do. I mean, there's some sad stuff happened this week in our church. Sad stuff. I mean, uh, sad. And, and, and because there's sin, there's a curse on our earth, there is sin. And God says, look, I will take you through that. I'll be with you. That is the answer, guys, the answer to doing it. Any other answer, it, it, it can't have eternal consequences. And I wrestle with guys on this all the time. Now, uh, when my um, my oldest granddaughter uh, was, I don't know, three or four, I got, I got, you know those electric cars you get? They're called Power Rangers, I think. Uh, Power Wheels, thanks. Power Wheels, Power Rangers, jeez. Uh, so, I, and by the way, you know they're 12 volters. I watched online. Guys put two batteries in, three batteries in. Them suckers will do 30 mile an hour. <laughs> that's off. That's not even a message. Sorry about that. But, but, uh, I, I was so excited, I couldn't see straight. I got that thing all cleaned up, fixed the battery, uh, charged it up, and she comes up. She's a smart girl. She gets in that thing, and I'm like, turn right, honey. She goes left. I'm like, what the heck? Turn left, she turns right. Stay on the driveway, and she goes off the driveway. I was like, what is wrong with you? And, and I'll forget, cutest little thing. She was, she's a 17 now, so she looked up to me, and, and it's, it kind of broke my heart. She says, Pappy, please. <clears throat> Please help me. That, that changed my life. 
That's what happened. That's what I do with Christ. Lord, I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to do that. I can't, I can't do it. Would you help me? He, his word says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'm with you. I'll build you every day. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't care. Yeah, your wife is sick. I'm with you. I lost. You lose loved ones. I'm with you. I'm with you. I tell you what. Not only does it encourage me, it actually will change your heart. So the first thing is, I tell. I, there's only one fight in this world. No, I like all kinds of other fights, and I get in trouble. Trust me. Just ask my kids about sporting events. And referees. Uh, oh, God's trying to heal me on them babies. And so, so uh, the, the, the only real fight we have is to fight to know Christ. And listen, you think you know Christ. You don't have a clue. The deeper you go with Christ, man, there's a, there's a world out there of depth with God. He created the world. And he's like, don't come to me with your, your man. Uh, don't trust in your human wisdom. Come to me. Watch what I'll do. Okay, now, here's some verses to encourage you. 2 Corinthians 13.5. Examine yourself to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourself. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. See, test him that Jesus is with you. Men, get in God's word to, so that you can prove to your family that God's with you. Oh, you talk about power? You talk about power. Listen. I was working in, um, in Babcock and Wilcox. They put a new plant in down Ambridge, Armco, to make oil well tubing. They took me down there. I was, you know, I felt pretty good. New title, Senior Operation Engineer. Ooh, yeah. And, and, and I got to go to all the big meetings. I think we were pulling in, uh, back then it was like $12 million a month. And, 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 and it was like, it was big. And I got to eat at the Ambridge Country Club. It was pretty good. So and then my my boss decided he's going to start his own company in Oklahoma, I think. So they brought a new guy in, <laughs> and I was out. And so it was like they took me back to the main office back in Beaver Falls. So I said, then and I was like, oh, we're going to play that game. Okie dokie, it's on now. So they saw a new Jim Watts. Jim Watts was out. Uh, it was all about me now. And I was, I was like, you ain't getting nothing out of me. I'll make you bleed before I do anything for you. And I'll do it because i got to keep my job, but it's about me. And so they were like, whoa. Well, then God had to humble me because oil well tubing went out of business. I'm back where it's good. So I had to eat. Okay, Lord, I'm sorry. Okay. So I had to go repent before God. And it's like, yeah, you got power, Jim. Mm-hmm. You really got power. And, and I began to see God's hands in my life. And listen, I had to learn how to be a better engineer, too. This ain't all about me being perfect. And that's the way your life is. You follow God, he'll point out where you're wrong, he'll help you, and then he redeems you. You think, listen, he redeems what you do. I mean, if his son redeemed you so you can go to heaven, he can get you through Walmart. It's hard to do that sometimes. Okay, now, Second Peter 1.10. So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. Work hard to enter the narrow door to God's kingdom, for many will try but will fail. Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. 
First uh, Peter five eight nine. This is this is really good. Stand alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, while looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him. Be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. So, scenario number one: keep in the fight. See, First John one nine says. If we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us for our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Now, listen, you are forgiven. But when you go to Christ, you ask forgiveness. It helps you. You just acknowledge the truth. Stay current with Christ. You know what I mean? Stay current with Christ. And, 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 and stick with him. Fight to stay with him. Belief is our only fight. Jesus restores us. What do we fight for? Our job, our spouse, our friends. Uh, Our neighborhood, uh, you know, the crazy economic situation in our country right now, finances. You fight for the relationship, not salvation. Salvation's given if you give your life to Christ, if you you make that commitment to him. That's the done deal. You don't have to fight that. You have to fight to know him. Now, here's what's wild. This, This always gets me with guys. Anything with Christ is ten times better than anything you're doing without Christ. I don't know why. That Satan just messes with us. And he messes with me too. It, it, it really, it, this takes faith, guys. And it, it takes fight. And I'll tell you what, when you do this, everybody sees it. When my wife was sick, as a lot of you know, well, I was, we, you know we, we took time off and took care of Deb. And, I, and this one doctor came up to me, put his arm around me. Uh, and it really encouraged me. He goes, don't think we don't see what's going on. He says, we all, <clears throat> he said, we're all watching. And I thought, ooh, even, even when you're down, God didn't go to sleep. He's touching the hospital. He's touching the nurses. And, all you, and you're not even saying nothing. You're just trying to stay alive. You know what I mean? And so like, God is so powerful, guys. Listen, if he can get you to heaven, we've got to quit mocking God when he can't get us around during the day. That, that is a mockery to our Savior, and I'm, and I'm king of that. And, and I, want, I want that, I'm constantly working on this, that, that, that people will see Christ in what we do. i got friends that do not know Christ in my immediate neighborhood. God brought me back to where I grew up. And, and one day I was cutting grass at my mom and dad's place, and I finally stopped the tractor, and I said, okay, here is the deal. I give up. I've been trying to do everything under the sun, and I'm losing my mind. And, and it's like, Lord, I'll do whatever you say. If you say go cut their grass, I'll do it. If you say get on the roof, I'll get on Whatever you want. Well, miracles are happening. <laughs> One of my best friends had uh, got real sick. And he's in the hospital. And the nurse couldn't change him. <laughs> I changed him. Oh, am I paying, paying a price for that today? But, but, but we're really close. Again, we used to be. But... No, you know what? When these guys get hurt or sick, their church don't come around. Their friends don't come around. You know, let us who love God come around. And, and it's amazing. My, my, uh, my one other buddy, uh, when I was a young kid, I was sled riding. And it was a solid ice road. Oh, I love sled riding. But anyway, we're coming down that thing, solid ice. And I was going out to a highway. I was little. He jumped on my sled. He's five years older than me, a Vietnam vet. And his face bounced off the, the, the pavement. And he, he came up all bloody, all messed up. And even to this day, 
I I keep an eye on him. (laughs) If I see him near a roof, I'm flying down his house. I just watch everything he does. If there's something wrong with his lawnmower, it's because he gave his life for me. So just think, Jesus gave his life for me. There's no other choice to follow God. There's no other choice. Okay, now, here's what happens. Let me go to scenario two. This is, this is a little tough. And I want to be sensitive here because there is despair in the Christian life. It is. I mean, your loved ones pass. There's, there's accidents. There's, oh, there's sickness. And so I, there, it isn't that we shouldn't be ever down. But, there's, there's, but when we get in despair about our, our, our walk with God, then we ask questions like, is my righteousness good enough? Am I bearing fruit? That's really a scary place to be. You know what I mean? The, your conscience condemns you. And we become neutralized. You know, you become neutralized. You know? And I told the, the uh, first service, one of the sports that I do, I like them all, but one I really like is, the one thing I like maybe the most as I got in my college and older was basketball. Because basketball, you can take kids and you can, I'm kind of an encourager, I think, and I can encourage them to be better than what they are. And the one thing I always told the kids was, well, I'll take care of the best kid. We'll neutralize that bird. You just run your, you run hard, play defense. We'll take care of the big, the big tough guy. We will neutralize. Trust me. He likes to go to the right. We're going to make him go left. He don't like to be touched. Oh, we'll touch. He doesn't like physical. We'll get physical. And we'll get him so screwed up, he'll wish he was playing soccer balls. You know what I mean? And so, and so, the, uh, I love that. I love that. But trouble is, I'm 69 and I still think I'm 15. You know what I mean? And I watch my grandkids play. And I need to go in a room somewhere. But, but my whole point is this. This is what Satan does to us. He neutralizes us. And so I love this verse. I, I want you guys to memorize this baby. 1 John 3.20. Even if you feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings and he knows everything. In the old, uh, I think in the King James it says, if your heart condemns you, God is greater than your heart. Oh, I read that thing almost every day. So my heart says all this stuff. I'm not a very good Christian. I have failed. I've, I've done things wrong. To, and God says, well, wait a minute. I'm greater than you. I've forgiven you. You come to me. Remember, put your arm around. Lord, forgive me. Help me. I, I, I'm asking on your grace and mercy once again. And, that, and, and God's word says, I'm there, man. And he said, in fact, not only that, I'll redeem your problem. The things you did wrong, we'll fix that. We're going to go forward. I love talking to men who come to Christ, Christ late in life. They're like, one guy, I love the guy. You guys know if I say his name. He says, man, I come to Christ late in life. I feel so guilty, all the dumb things I did. And I read him and I read scripture to him about how God will redeem the, the early years. He goes nuts. He loves that. Do you mean God will take my life as I, get, I come to Christ when I'm 55 and those things God, God forgives and he redeems and he works for? Yeah. Holy moly. And every once in a while, he gets down in the dumps and i got to remind him. In fact, he called me not too long ago and I said, okay, read Psalms 37. He's a big tough guy. I said, here's what it says. The wicked draw their swords and string their bows to kill the poor and the oppressed, to slaughter those who do right. This is not on the board, so this is just me here. But the swords will stab their own hearts and their bows will be broken. It is better to be godly and have a little 
than to be evil and have, be rich. For the strength of the wicked will be shattered, and the Lord takes care of the godly. Day by day the Lord takes care of the innocent, and they will receive the inheritance that, that lasts forever. They will not be disgraced in hard times, even in famine. They will have more than enough. But the wicked will die. The Lord's enemies are like flowers in the field. They will disappear like smoke. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. I, like, I, used, to, I used to call it the engineer verse, Psalm 16:9. Man makes his plans. So you make your plans. This is, but God directs your steps. Oh, I love that. So we make plans. Number one, I'm one of these guys. Plan one, two, three, four, make 20 steps. God may say, I'll do 20 before two. We'll do four before 18. That's, that's God's prerogative. This, is, this, this fires me up too, Psalms 33. The Lord looks down from heaven and sees the whole human race. From his throne he observes all who live on the earth. He made their hearts so he understands everything they do. The best equipped army cannot save the king, nor is great strength enough to save a warrior. Don't count on your war horse to give you victory. For all its strength, it cannot save you. But the Lord watches over those who fear him, those who rely on his unfailing love. He rescues them from death and keeps them alive in times of famine. We, we put our hope in the Lord. He will, is our help and our shield. Oh, I love that. War horse. You know, today it's whatever you want to say. Back then it was a war horse. That just, that, that fires me up. Uh, so, again, first is uh, fight. Second is put your trust in, in uh Practice the presence of God. In 1 John 2, 1, 2, as we have to close up. My dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is a sacrifice that atones for our sins, not only our sins, but the sins of the world. And now this is cool. It says, my dear children. That means us, not kids. He's not judging he said, I have, I, I, you have an advocate, you have a lawyer, it's, it's Jesus Christ. He pleads your cause. Now, this is more than salvation. And, and Jesus is the righteousness, not me. That's unbelievable. Now, men, please, I, I want you to commit to understanding this. I pray this will consume you. See, a new creature in Christ, a new creature in Christ who believes in an advocate doesn't do this. I have an advocate, so let's go out and sin tonight. That's crazy. So if you believe you have an advocate, you're going to do everything you can to follow the advocate. So, guys, what we have to do is believe what God's Word says. It it kills me how a guy says he believes in the Lord for salvation, but the whole world's world's, falling apart, and i got to do something about it. Well, yeah, you do, but go on your knees and and, and go to God. That's how you do something about it, you know. And, uh, and, 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 And we have to do this. Philippians 1, six says this. Scripture is so powerful and redemptive. I love the word redeemed. I, not only does God save you, he redeems you. And men run from this. You bring God in your situation and let him redeem the situation. Let him redeem the situation. That doesn't mean you'll get what you want, but you'll get what God wants and you'll be happy. And the eternal effects. Philippians 1.6, And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ returns. That's the truth of God. So once you accept Christ, he's with you, he's working with you, he's, he's, he's began a good work, he will continue it. Now, we do stupid. We mess up. We, we, we do goofy. 
Don't, please, just keep coming back to God. And he'll redeem those errors. It doesn't, no words to say, well, you've got to live a perfect life. And then you'll, you know, that's crazy. That's the lie of Satan. That's a lie of almighty Satan. Our fight as men is to follow God and fight to know him. And let him, and then as you learn more and more of the miracles he does in your life, you're turned more on to him, and, and it never ends. This thing grows and grows. I'm 69. I was fortunate to be in a godly family. I am amazed what he's doing. I am amazed what God will do. It, it, it's, it's just amazing. Listen, God never pours gas on your despair. There's some people broken, and, and, and listen, there's a time. We're human, and you, it, you just have to be broken. But never, never get so broken that you don't crawl to Christ. Sometimes we crawl to Christ. I understand that. And while you're crawling, just remember, because <clears throat> I love this, he, <clears throat> he never pours gas on your despair. Never. Never. Satan will tell you that. Hey, I woke up this morning and it was like, oh, i got to go to, oh. Ooh. And Satan's starting, you? You know how he does. And it's so cool to say, wait a minute. He's right. But God loves me, saved me. He's working on me. He, he's, and I do this. Okay, let's go now. Let's go. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff Satan's saying in your head. You just don't believe it. You believe what Christ says. That's the fight. Okay, now. So, uh, let's wrap this thing up. How does the believer deal with sin? Believe God's word. We're sinners. We know that. We're forgiven by God through Christ. Be a fighter. Don't be a drifter. Don't be a drifter. I mean, you read God's word, man. If you've got any salt at all, when you see what Jesus says about his word and how don't trust your war horse, trust in me, I mean, that fires me up, man. And it, that means I can pray for my family, my wife, my grandkids. It doesn't mean it's all turning out. But I'll tell you what, I'm going to God. Because God says, I got... I, I will be with you. He never guarantees a result other than he is with me. And he, what he wants, he can do. You know, uh, you know, you know even when, when and I, don't, I, don't, I don't get into this too much, but when Deb was sick, you know, and like, I'm a fixer. I'm a, this was weird. I'm going to fix that hospital, the doctors. You know, they ain't seen nothing yet. Wait till I get a hold of you rascals. Well, that didn't work. And so there's only one thing to do. Follow God. And God did all kind of miracles. Now, he does not have to heal my loved ones. does not. He does not. That's up to him. But I will follow God. Because he's, <clears throat> he promised me eternal life. He promised me a life of peace. And if it means life on this is shorter and we all meet in heaven eternity, for eternity, okay. I'll have a pity party for a while. I, I, I'm, I'm human. But I gotta believe that. If I don't believe that, I'm gonna nervous wreck. I got to believe that that thing is true. And, I, and, and it is true. Okay. Number one thing, fight the fight. Move forward in faith. Practice the presence of God. And I'm gonna read two more verses so we'll close up. Romans 8.28 says, And it, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. That is a powerful verse. If I follow God, it'll all work out for him. Now, that might be what I want, but it's what he wants. I want, I wanted to be, I wanted to do something in sports when I was a kid. I really did. 
I won't get into it too much. But I believe. It ain't what you believe. It's what I believe. And then I got this stupid thing that was a, uh, a low sugar issue. I, I was scared of life. I hid. And I prayed to God. I, for eight years, watch these guys play ball. <laughs> if I couldn't be better than them, I'd, you know, whatever. And I was like, but God had a different plan. Holy cow. He wanted me to know him. He wanted me to devour everything about him. When you think you're going to die, you go to God. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, and then after about eight years, I kind of figured it out. It's a low blood sugar. Oh, that's easy. But in the meantime, I had a, it was just a lot of pressure and, and, and coaches and wanted you to play, and you can't because you're scared. And it's like, but in my heart, it's but I look back and go, holy cow, he saved me from years of dumb. And he put God number one, and people are coming. There's people in my life who are coming to Christ for eternity. And, and now, hey, you're, it, it's just amazing how God causes everything to work together for good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Matthew 6.33, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Let me close with this. I believe this. You know, we, you know people, guys get caught up all the time in this healing. And, and boy, I want it too. I want it for me. I want it for Deb. I want it for everybody. But I know this. You know, you know when God healed La- Lazarus. Yeah, Lazarus, right? He healed Lazarus. He died later. He ain't walking around. I mean, that wasn't so good of a healing. You know what I mean? I, I mean, that's kind of weird. But let me say this. God is healing you and me every day in our soul. It's really cool. I think, my wife's sitting here, I think she thinks I love her more. When I grew up, men, men like, you know, we did our thing, they did their thing. It was like we met somewhere, I don't know, you know. Uh, but as God changes my heart, I appreciate her more. Now, what can do that? My coach? <laughs> right. Only Jesus Christ can change your heart. He can, he's the only thing. God is healing you if you let him. And, and guys, they get stubborn. They got egos. Uh, there's one, one guy here, a UPS guy I'm going after. He's not here right now, but he's in Washington. And he's a tough dude, man. And I said to him one day, I said, hey, what's... What do you like to do? And he says, and he wouldn't tell me. I said, you like to fish? And he goes, I ask for girls. I said, oh, okay, dude. Okay. So I'm going after him. He's not accepted Christ. He said, if God would show me he's real, then I will accept him. So every time I see a brown truck, it's like, get him, Lord. Sick him. It's like, you know. And you would, would you believe? He, I was at the reptile show. Uh, I got a grandkid who loves reptiles. That, that's pure love if you go to a uh, pure love because I hate them things. And so... And he comes up to me. He goes, hey, Jim. And I'm like, dude, I'm still praying that you'll come to God. And he's like, oh, yeah, right. And so I don't know. I just, I just want the power of God to get that guy. So as, as we close here, guys, God wants get fight the fight to follow Christ and to walk in his presence 
and just watch him work in your life. Now, as a result of all this, this ain't nothing about losing salvation and stupidness. This is all about making choices, fighting to follow God. It's not legalistic. In fact, it's just the opposite. So let's, uh, I hope that challenges you guys. Let's close in a word of prayer. Dear God, we thank you for the men and women here today. I think of the ones, God, that, uh, that maybe have not made that choice to follow you. I pray today right where they're sitting they would, that they would make a choice to follow Jesus Christ right here in their seat and, and turn from trusting in themselves to trusting in Jesus Christ alone for their salvation. And many others like myself, we come to you asking us to renew our fight, to follow you in, amidst our lukewarmness, amidst our despair, that, we'd, uh, that we would crawl to you and keep you right there. Acknowledge the fact that you're already with us and engage with you in our daily fight. Help us, God, to have eternal impact in our world. We thank you and love you, and these things we ask in your precious name. Amen. Would you please stand as we respond? you came this morning on behalf of Crossroads. I want to thank you for tuning in online this morning. I want to thank you for being here. Please go in peace. You are dismissed. Let this dark room in silence fuel imagination. Tonight the stars shine bright. Spell my name
chill blows away and bonfire fire warms my heart under the night sky I'm drifting off in the deep of the valley your presence surrounds me the crickets sing and trees ring and I want to let you know Didn't even see it as a sacrifice. 